Welcome to Alphabet Flat, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is someone who's very sparkly, John. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so John is a new person on the podcast. I've been on their podcast three times? Yeah, two or th- three times, I think. Three times? Yeah, three times. Yeah. But if you could plug your podcast real quick. Yeah, so I do a podcast called Being Jim Davis. It is about Garfield. Uh, That is the only thing that it is about. Uh, We release episodes daily, and we are covering every Garfield strip in chronological order, uh, mining it for uh, all the the morals, messages, and meanings uh, that we can find therein. (laughs) Yeah, and I think around uh, episode, I think around episode 200, I think you said specifically, I don't think I enjoy this anymore. And now you're, you know, approaching 2000. We see, okay, so it was started as kind of a joke. Uh, I almost like a on a dare, basically. Uh, I used to do a, another podcast called Bear Friend Tea Party. And my cousin Chris, who was in that podcast, and I uh, were ruminating with each other about how like we could never record because my brother and his brother the other two people on the podcast uh have like i don't know families or whatever (laughs) so uh we wanted to do another podcast and we came up with a a premise that was really dumb and uh we have fun doing it anyway um we joke that it's not fun but it actually is fun no no it is it it is very fun to do um I think the last time I was on, we were expecting just normal Garfield, and we got actually charmed by the storytelling, which was yeah. uh, un- weird to say the least. Yeah, um, yeah. There's like there's some genuinely interesting stuff in Garfield. Like Jim Davis is a weird dude. I would say though, like I think there's a reason why people both unironically and ironically enjoy Garfield. Yeah, it's, it's and sometimes there. it's hard to tell which you're currently yes. doing sometimes it's both at the same yeah. time but it's yeah. just it's, but, it's delicious yeah but that being said it is a very fun podcast there is many episodes because i think they're on like what year five I, we just started 1983 garfield debuted in 1978 so you know you do the math yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah so we are but yeah but we're on this podcast going to be talking about i'm going to say one of the better mutants oh okay uh, well, uh jubilee oh jubilee i know jubilee she's like yes. the fireworks one right yeah yeah she's really sparkly and wonderful and i love her, her her real name is jubilation lee right yes which is also very good name <laughs> yeah um also i think for the ver- for the first time to- for almost the only good asian representation that was in <laughs> comics for a very long time of oh <laughs> Especially in Marvel, which I think around the same time was doing some real racist stuff. Of, but, yeah, it's but we're not talking about them. Uh, they, so we're not talking uh, about the Mandarin. No, uh, we yeah, but we're talking about Jubilation Lee. All um, right, and this is this is like right after like her first appearance. Uh, it's before she oh, gets yeah. her iconic like 
80s, like really 80s outfit with the uh, yellow jacket, the pink, like the pink, like wraparound glasses. The yeah, but um, but yeah, if you want to see pictures of the people we are talking about, you can always go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram. But at this time, we didn't know her name, uh, but it's Jubilation Lee. Um, she is an adventurer, which everyone knows means she's homeless, and she is actually homeless. Oh. Yeah, she ran away. She doesn't She doesn't live at the mansion? The the X-Mansion? Well, at this point. Oh, so she's not an X-Man. <coughs> X, no, she's... X-Person. Well, yet. we'll get to it. We'll get okay. to it. Yeah, this is... This is uh, came out in 89, so it would have been just before she gained a lot of prominence. Okay. Uh, she came around during the Australian saga for... If you know that era at all, I it's don't. where a bunch of X-Men were... You know, it's it's a lot to explain, <laughs> but basically, it's basically it's uh I'm forgetting people's I'm forgetting people already. Wolverine? No, he, he's an X Man. Well, he is an X Man, but not the one I'm talking about. Okay, not the one I'm trying to talk about. Um, well, I can't think of the people right now. I'm gonna be so, real honest. I'm looking at Wikipedia, and it says that she that Wolverine was sort of a father figure to her. Am I remembering correctly that they they sort of like melded her jubilation's character jubilee's character with um rogue in the films they kind of like smashed them together it yeah definitely feels like it yeah well she, no she showed up like i think at last stand for like a like a frame <laughs> but like it's like here you go nerds that's this is what you get yeah it's that's just enough. like oh oh you get to see the cuckoo sisters in the background be like cool why aren't they doing anything <laughs> but, no but uh but yeah, uh, but yeah, she shows up. She shows up in a very interesting era of um, of X Men. Basically, a group of people that does have Cyclops, uh, Madeline Pryor, and Psylocke, and there's a couple other people. O- Olivia they, Munn. Uh, they were in. Basically, they had this big old battle down in Dallas, and it looked like they died. Um, but like some magic stuff with with the. Uh, Merlin's daughter, and not the Merlin from Earth, but the Merlin from Otherworld. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, it's, I'm just, now I'm just, it's just every time I talk about, like, X-Men stuff, it's just like, yeah, this is overly complicated, even for, like, Marvel. The and I'm, like, I, 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 I had an X-Men subscription for a little while in yeah, the 90s. But, like, Roma, So I should remember this. Basically, Roma put a spell on them where, like, they they can't be like looked at by through electronic means, so they can't be recorded at all. And they moved to like they got teleported to Australia, and then they found this Aboriginal person who like Gateway who doesn't speak but can make portals. And then they do X Men stuff, but like undercover. <laughs> you, you know, it's it's a whole thing. Comi- of, is, it's a comics are weird thing, isn't it? It's it's a it's a comics are weird, especially X Men. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, she is a city in the United States with no criminal record, still a minor. Um, she was born in Beverly Beverly Hills, California. Her parents are both dead, and we don't know her name. Their name. Fun fun fact. <laughs> uh, she first appeared in X Men or well, Uncanny X Men issue number two forty four. Ladies' Night in May 1989, and I'm gonna send you a link to the cover because we are doing ah oh, sweet cover piece theater. Ooh, does this segment have its own uh, theme music? It does. 
Cover Peace Theater. So to set the scene, we have a cover where the notable X ladies are on the cover. Uh, they're standing. You have Storm, Rogue, Psylocke, and Dazzler, and they're they're standing. And there's like it looks like the sun is rising directly behind them, <clears throat> and they have uh, the shadows of the lighting in this is really weird. If you think about it, the shadows would have to be behind the people, like the light source would have to be behind the people in order for the shadows to shine that way in like a low position. I'm still waiting for it to load. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there we sorry. go. Okay. Uh, sorry. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. I didn't send you the link. That's why I didn't press it. <laughs> well, I, I, I just Googled it. <laughs> yeah, but, but you have, but there you we have, go. Okay. yeah, but the way Thanks. the light source would have to be is like, oh yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. But they have a light source behind them, and they're not casting a shadow, so they would have to have like a light above them, like a three-point light. Yeah, so there's like a spotlight behind the camera, and then there's people standing like just behind us, yeah. in between the, us and the camera, I guess. Yeah, or, but and the sun, the light. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not know. gonna. I'm, you know, it's a Mark Silvestri cover. It's a good cover, but we do have. Uh, but we do have. Uh, you know, the lady speaking out. And uh, do you want to take Psylocke and uh, Dazzler? Oh, sure. We're just, just reading the, uh, read, read, yeah, reading the cover? Yeah, dramatic reading. Bum? Yeah. Okay, all right, so, all right. <clears throat> no, we survived Inferno. Beaten sorry, Freedom sorry. Force. Sorry. No? You go, you go. Never okay. mind. Just read, <laughs> read, read the second <clears throat> one. Beaten Freedom Force, the Sentinels, and Magneto. But how do we beat the M-Squad? Ooh. Oh, so that's who that's who the silhouettes are. Yeah, and shadows. Uh, who are they? What are oh. they? Hey, hey, by the book, <laughs> by the book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that like unabashed uh, like commercialism. You know, Where it's like Marvel's like the the young upstart hip like. Even I don't know. By <laughs> this point, they had a good portion of the market share. Yeah, well, they they, they were they were always the weird one compared with DC, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you're the comics guy. Like, I feel like, I don't know, you've probably already gone on a rant about how, like, you know, all the different comics companies are represented by different types of soda or something. <laughs> I, f I feel like there'd be a good rant like that. Yeah, well, uh, X-Men at this point would have been one of the best-selling comic books, like, almost all the line. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's fun. It's just fun. I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. They were uncanny. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Jubilation Lee. Uh, she is a 15-year-old mutant and the daughter of wealthy immigrant Chinese parents. She was born and raised in Southern California and attended the very exclusive Beverly Hills Preparatory High School, where she learned to become an extremely talented gymnast. Unfortunately, one weekend, Jubilee's parents not, on not only lost all of their money in the stock market crash, but they <laughs> lost their lives in the automobile crash on Mulholland Drive. Which I hear is like huh. real weird. Like I don't know how they even got into a crash. Like how how did they find it? So which stock market crash are we talking about? I don't know. One of the many like a, that we have because of the, capitalism a, is a bullshit co concept. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was like a big stock market thing in the eighties, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a big drop. Yeah, in the eighties. It's um, very. Topical. I think they blamed. I think they actually blamed the Chinese and the J Japanese on it. X-Men is was always sort of like the most overtly political, 
Yes. Uh, although I do think they fail on a lot of their political stuff. You don't say. They are overtly. <laughs> yeah, you know, why don't we just do like an like an AIDS thing, but like not really address the problem that happened <laughs> that made AIDS a really big problem mm. for people, you know. Right around this time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not at this point. They did it like later, like late 90s. They did like an AIDS thing with a legacy virus. Oh, Only God. can cast it. Did stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I was like, that was that was when I was first falling falling off from comics. But I, um, but I remember hearing about it. So she was orphaned and poverty stricken with no place to live. She was sent to count, uh, County Juvenile Hall where she learned how to defend herself. It became very rebellious. The institutional chief disciplinarian had transferred her to an orphanage where, en route to the orphanage, Jubilee realized that her future did not appear promising. She feared that she might uh, be sent to her only living relatives who resided in communist China. Mm. Which, which is that's I, no good. Don't like those communists. Well, also, I the, mean, the evil f- communists. And to be fair, I don't want to get into a whole thing about like how China <laughs> isn't really communist. It's like kind of like a. You know, okay. What well, this, um, this, this is not a. Uh, <clears throat> this podcast is not an arm of the uh, <laughs> of the Chinese state. No, it's not. Okay. To be fair, I do think that they do actively treat their... Weirdly enough, I do think they treat their citizens better, even though they disappear a lot of people. Well, yeah, even though they're doing a little genocide right now, um, you know. Yeah, besides the genocide, overall, I do think they treat most of their citizens good. It's, uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag, I, I yeah, guess I would know. say. They actually have a middle class. <laughs> Mid- middle? <laughs> middle class? What's that? Yeah, I know. It's weird. What is a middle class? <laughs> I, all I know is that Democrats talk about the middle class all the time, and they'd fuck them over. Sorry, I need, I'm going to cut that Uh-oh, part out. oh getting political. <laughs> so Jubilee ran away to uh, the Hollywood Mall, the place that she come to know pretty well through her upper-class life. And she lived a pack rat existence for almost a year, learning, uh, uh, earning a living by creating fireworks displays for the mall customers with their newly emerged mutant power. One day, the mall's security, after failing to capture her yet again, contacted the novice mutant hunters, known as the M-Squad. Luckily, the female member of the X-Men happened to be shopping at the mall. <laughs> uh, you know, they just happened to be shopping there and then foiled the M-Squad's attempt to capture her. Uh, fascinated by these women, <laughs> Jubilation, Lee, or sorry, Jubilee, uh, followed them and they disappeared through a teleportational tunnel through which the mutant aborig- uh, aboriginal gateway made. However, the portal remained open for an unusual length of time after the X-Men disappeared, and Jubilee decided to follow them. That's how she ended up in Australia. She just went through a portal that stayed open long enough. Did you did you skip the part about the cybernetic dog, or did I miss that? Uh, no, it doesn't get into that much okay. on this one. She just okay. showed up. This came out in 80... This, this book came out... This is the 89 update. She came out early 89. So there's not much on there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ju- uh, Jubilee Porloin, much of this wealth. So wait, she emerged in front of Gateway moments after the X Men left the scene. Surprisingly, Gateway verbally welcomed Jubilee, though he never spoke in any other X Men. Uh, he led her to a tunnel, then pushed Jubilee down into it. She landed in the vast underground cavern that stored a bounty of the Reavers, the previous inhabitants of the town. Uh, Jubilee. Aren't those the, the the people on Firefly? 
No, they're they're just they're like a bunch of like anti mutant cybernetically enhanced people. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jubilee Pearl learned most of this wealth and created a living space for her within the cavern. She became a scrou- uh, scroun- scrounger and took food and clothing from the X Men while they were busy living there. While living on her own, she dealt with several experiences, which she used her powers as destructive forces for the first time, rather than a mere show. Several weeks later of this existence, she was finally discovered by the X Men Wolverine, who, accompany- after accompanying him, on a mission, reluctantly, Wolverine invited the persistent Jubilee to remain on at their headquarters and also an X-Men in training. So she kind of, she was the second teen, uh, teen girl that Wolverine basically took in as a surrogate daughter and taught them how to fight. <laughs> like if Wolverine is one thing, he's actually a big softy and loves training kids. Um, well, he loves training children to be like, to do violence well i mean he also well also the other thing that wolverine is he's definitely he he definitely he's definitely boinking uh night uh night crawler and he's also in a polycule. Oh, yeah? canon polycule. That's, that's canon with, yes canon polycule with gene and uh cyclops nice Jean Grey and cyclops right now and also it is all but canon right now it's basically all they need to do is say it but he's definitely had had uh of romantic relations with uh, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler's uh, great multiple times. Yeah, Nightcrawler's great. Also, <laughs> he was one of my know, favorites. Bicon Nightcrawler, he's pretty good. Um, but uh, but yeah, she is five five. Oh my god, she's like one inch shorter than me. I hate this. <laughs> okay, five five. She is one eighty. Uh, so, so not one eighty. What what oh five? Green eyes and black hair. She you know she does some exercise. Um, and her. She can make fireworks that are like multicolored globules of energy plasmoid, a varying degree of power. They travel where she directs them and obeys her command, arranging themselves in balls, streamers, and other shapes, and exploding when she wishes. Uh, it can be anywhere from like a color, colorful sparkle to temporary blinding a person to a fairly powerful detonation, capable of smashing tree trunks and even metal objects. She can also absorb these fireworks back into her body without harming herself. She's also a, like a highly skilled gymnast, and uh, she's you know pretty good at hand-to-hand combat uh, because she had to learn how to uh, punch kids in juvenile hall. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tragic so, backstory. Yeah, but uh, she is pretty good. Do you have anything else to say about her before we move on to the end? Um, I don't think so. I'm just trying to picture her costume, uh, like the one she became known for later. It's like, what, didn't she have like an, like a trench, like a trench coat or something? Or is that? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh. Cause this thing, this is nuts. This is like a, like on the, on this cover. It, she's the one on the right, right? No, no. Oh, wait, which one is she? No, wait, she's that's not on Storm the cover. In the she's middle, not right? on the cover. She's, oh, not, she's on not on the cover. cover. Dazzler. Okay. Okay. No, she, later oh, she. Dazzler. Yeah, later she uh show she has like a a green sorry uh she has like a yellow jacket with a with a high collar uh pink wraparound blocky wraparound glasses yeah. um like a black shirt and like she has green somewhere in there. I feel like a lot of the characters that they introduced into comics in the nineties were were wearing that sort of like non costumey costume, you know. 
Well, also, um, for a long time, she was a vampire. <laughs> I, okay, I, I, I love that. Just as an aside. It's like, yeah, yeah, she was a vampire for a while. Well, I mean, so was a lot of the X-Men. They had a lot of vampire stuff going on for a while. Huh. Um, All right. But, uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. So is there... Uh, I, I think I'm satisfied. Okay. Well, <laughs> this... Well, uh, well, this... Well, actually, uh, why don't you plug again? Oh, yeah. Uh, Being Jim Davis, uh, it's a daily podcast. You can go listen to it. It's on the internet. Yeah, so my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters, where me and uh, my friend Fiona talk about cryptids in somewhat lurid ways. Um, If you want to support me monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash alphabetflight. And if you feel like it, you can also go rate review subscribe on your podcatcher of choice uh or just look at the uh, people we're talking about on at alphabet flight on twitter and instagram this has been alphabet flight and may country protect you through all of your night travels good night good night good night